are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Friday show for you. you got a lot to go over. Golden Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise from last night. Uh, I have heard some stuff, finally, in regards to Joey's season, but haven't gotten it confirmed. Interesting, though. Um, we have a funny story that I got to share in regards to a conversation I had with somebody in Bachelor Nation last night. We have an update on Twitter, and yeah, that'll be pretty much what we're going to cover today, and we'll get to all that momentarily. So I wanted to share right off the bat this funny story, and it, and this is kind of what I've always had to deal with when I speak with people in Bachelor Nation, even people that I speak with on a somewhat consistent basis, and I'm not going to name names here because the name isn't important. But I reached out to somebody that I keep in touch with on occasion in Bachelor Nation. I wouldn't say it's weekly, but anytime there's something going on or there's some gossip happening behind the scenes that I think they might be interested in, I would I would reach out to them and tell them. And <laughs> so um, there is some gossip happening right now behind the scenes of, of, of in something going on in Bachelor Nation. I don't know if it's going to be news or not, uh, and make and, and make public consumption, or when. I, I think it would be public consumption. I just don't know when it's uh, going to come out. But I reached out to this person who I would say it's been about a month and a half since I had messaged them. So I texted them, and I'm like, ooh, hot gossip. And the first thing they wrote back to me was, I get PTSD every time you text me. So <laughs> see what I mean? Like, and this person shouldn't. They have no reason to. And I even wrote that. I'm like, why? I don't do much. And, it, you know, this is someone that isn't really involved in Bachelor Nation anymore. So it's not like the story would be about them. But it was it was just a funny response. And that's not the only person that says, you know, something to that effect. And I just found it kind of funny um, like I said, it doesn't matter who the person is. It's just the response of, you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. It's like, and I've never really had anything negative to write about this person because there really hasn't been anything negative out there about them. But that was their response when they hadn't heard from me in six weeks or maybe it was a couple months. And I messaged them and say, there's some gossip going around. And that was their response to me, that I get PTSD every time you text me. I'm like, man, really? Don't feel that way. I don't, I don't want to scare you. But, yeah, and, you know, I guess that's the way some people feel about me. They feel like I'm always going to be coming after them or I've got a story about them or I'm only talking to them because of a story. But that's what surprised me because this person is not someone that I've covered in I don't know. I, I've lost track of how long it's been since I covered them in their season. Been a few years at least. Two or three years? I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't know why they would get PTSD. Um they they're not really in Bachelor Nation anymore, so I don't really get it, but it was just a funny response <laughs> when they said that to me. Um okay, so I did hear two things in regarding Joey's season that happened very early on. The 
problem is I haven't been able to get it confirmed. It sounds legit, but the second I say what it is, it's going to be taken as fact. And if it ends up being wrong, it's going to be, oh, you were wrong about this. And look, I, I, I can say it till I'm blue in the face that I could lay it out there and say, look, I'm just saying this is what I'm hearing, but I haven't gotten it confirmed. It won't matter to people. There are people whose lives revolve around me being wrong, and I'm not going to give them the satisfaction. So once I get it confirmed, I'll tell you. It has to do with, number one, who got first impression, Rose, and number two, what the letter that Leah got, the woman who was at the after the final rose and got the card that she's supposed to give and open up when she met Joey out of the limos, I found out what that was, or at least I was told what it was, but I need some confirmation on this. So... I just wanted to throw that out there. Hopefully I'll get it soon because I, uh, when I got the information, it sounded legit. However, the more I, you know, every time I get information or someone sends me, uh, you know, some scoop or some tea or whatever, I have to start with a laundry list of questions. They answered a couple of them. And then after a couple, it got a little murky. So that's why um, I'm trying to see if I can get it somewhere else to get this confirmed from uh, another place. So just wanted to throw that in there. But it has to do with who got first impression, Rose, and what the letter is that uh, Leah got that she opened up on night one. All right, let's talk about the Golden Bachelor last night. And, man, (laughs) you heard me talk about it yesterday with Dr. Diane the show is just, it's just really pure and wholesome. And, you know, you watch it and you compare it to The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and it's just so, I don't know. Yes, it's the same concept. One guy, a bunch of women, there's dates, and there's rose ceremonies, and there's group date roses. But everything else is, you know, at the mansion in L.A., okay. But everything else is just different about this show. Because you're dealing with people that are literally 40 to 50 years older than the people we're used to watching. You saw Gary's one-on-one date with Teresa last night. My gosh. How pure was that? Her telling the story about her high school sweetheart that she married and was married for close to, what, 40 years? And he passed away. And it was just like, man... This is just a different show. It's probably why it's liked. I can't wait to see what the ratings are and see if it continues to do fairly well in the ratings. It's certainly going to outdraw Bachelor in Paradise. I guarantee it. And I'm just saying, you know, that we talked about the different factors here, the fact that it comes on first, the fact that it's only an hour show, because if Bachelor in Paradise started at 8 Eastern and went for two hours and then they ran Golden Bachelor afterwards, the Golden Bachelor wouldn't draw more than Bachelor in Paradise. Its time slot has a lot to do with it, yes. But as we talked about with Dr. Diane yesterday, the promotion, the amount of social media activity they're doing with this show, way more than Bachelor in Paradise. So, but and it's just like you said, it's pure, it's wholesome. Um, they're driving to their date. When do we really ever see that? We see it a couple times, but Gary's on the. Gary's on the road and an L.A. freeway, and he's in the far right lane. His lights are flashing. People are, you know, passing him on the left side, honking at him. I'm like, 
Man, the, these jokes kind of write themselves, don't they? 72-year-old man in a car in the far right slow lane and getting past and just can't figure out his lights. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's like, it's really, really funny. And these and these conversations that he has with these women, it is night and day, the conversations that we see on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, when it's just like, we watch Bachelors, what do you do? Uh, you know, and then he's having a conversation with, was her Susan last night? And he's telling her about, and Susan was having a rough day because the first time during that photo shoot she had put on a wedding dress since the day she was married. And she got a little emotional, understandable. And Gary relates that to when he walked into a bakery a year ago and he smelled cinnamon and his wife used to make cinnamon rolls. And just not the conversations you're getting on Bachelor and Bachelorette. They're talking about whatever, not that. (laughs) Not smells and wedding cakes and nostalgia and memories. Like I said, it's just a different show. And it's just funny, you're watching that with Gary talking to Susan, she's breaking down, he's got tears in his eyes. And then you're just like, great, in a half hour from now we're going to be talking about poop babies and toe sucking. (laughs) Just just so random. Um, And, you know, I, I tweeted this out last night, and I think I worded it wrong, but the point I was trying to make was, you know, I had said, like, look, one of the other differences about this show is, you know, every time... The Bachelor, we're watching The Bachelor, and he's on a one-on-one date, and he asks them about past relationships. How many women on this show talk about their ex in a very positive manner? How many times have we talked about, oh, my gosh, this girl, you know, five-year relationship, he dumped her over a text, or five-year relationship, he was emotionally abusive or physically abusive. We just never hear anybody speak glowingly about an ex. And I said, on this show, every single one of these women that has talked about uh, the last person they were with, usually their late husband, has just glowingly talked about them. And, you know, I, I get the whole, well, see, there's a difference between an ex and your late husband who died. And I say, yeah, but that wasn't the I, I worded it wrong, but the point I was trying to make was just the last person. I mean, you could have had, these women could have had a late husband that they absolutely had a miserable marriage with, and it just so happened that he passed. But it's just like... None of them talk, you know, none of them had that to say. Maybe there are some divorcees in there that didn't really like their ex-husbands or whatever. But I'm just saying what we heard last night, every woman, you know, Teresa did it. Susan did it. I, I can't remember the other woman who was in the top bunk bed who talked about her husband who passed, I think, two years ago. They all spoke glowingly about their late husbands, whereas every time we hear about anybody any guy from a woman's past that's on The Bachelor on a one-on-one date, it's just like, he did this, he cheated on me um, multiple times. Just like another major difference between this show. And it's just, you know, life lessons. And these these women on The Golden Bachelor have so much more life experience than a 25-year-old. It's like, you're not saying everybody in their 20s cheats, but is it really surprising anymore when a 25 or 26-year-old woman goes on this show and has a one-on-one date with the lead and says, yeah, my ex-boyfriend, I was with him for three or four years, he he cheated on me all the time. It's like, I'm not even surprised anymore. I'm expecting it when these women come on the show. All in all, though, just a really good, just a really good episode. And, you know, one thing that, that struck me in the beginning uh, when he started, like, the 
the whole date, before he went on Teresa's date, he said he's got 15 great women there. And I was like, wait a second, there were 22 to start the show. I thought he got rid of six last week. I thought there were 16 women. Well, I guess because the show was only an hour, they had to delete the scene of Marina. She was uh, a woman. She wore glasses. She got a rose at the first rose ceremony. They put it on the Golden Bachelor ABC Instagram account if you want to go watch the clip. But basically, Jesse pulled Gary aside and said Marina had to leave due to a family circumstance. I've got her on FaceTime right now. And Marina talked to Gary and just told him, uh, you know, I'm a single mother and family came first and I had to leave. It's on the Golden Bachelor ABC Instagram page if you want to go check it out. But I was like, did I go crazy? I thought he had 16 women and he just said 15. Well, my my it was answered for me because Marina was the one who had to uh, take herself out of the competition and it just wasn't shown during the episode. So we are now down to 12 women heading into episode three. Don't forget, this podcast brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Eat clean the delicious way this October with flavor-packed recipes like the buttery lemon garlic shrimp, the harissa apricot chicken, maple butternut squash risotto, and sriracha tamari beef bowls. Go to greenchef.com slash 60 reality steve and use code 60 reality steve to get 60 percent off plus free shipping that's greenchef.com slash 60 reality steve and use code 60 reality steve to get 60 percent off plus free shipping green chef the number one meal kit for eating well bachelor in paradise let's talk about that right now here's i've got a few thoughts on bachelor in paradise number one the biggest thing for me through two episodes is there's just no star power like, I'm watching these people, and I'm like, do I care about the person who got eliminated at the first rose ceremony of Zach's season or the guy who lasted two episodes on charity season? Because it seems like every major storyline is, for the most part, revolving around people that 99% of the average fan could not identify and doesn't remember them from their earlier seasons. And I understand that this show gives those people a second chance. I'm just saying for their fan base, the fan base wants to see, I guess, a little more named people. And it's, you know, it's too late. You know, there's not like a giant name that's coming through either. Yes. Did Tanner make it to final six on charity season? He did. He's coming in next week. But would you consider Tanner a giant name? Like, I can't wait till Tanner gets down to the beach. It's like, not really. You know, Charity had a two-episode you know, two episode shorter season than most Bachelorettes. So it's not like Tanner lasted the normal amount of time somebody would if they got to the episodes before Hometowns. He got eliminated in episode five. Granted, it was the episode before Hometowns, but I don't know. I'm just watching this show, and there's so many. I'm, t- you know, I'm hearing about Will and Olivia and, you know, Sam and... I'm sure they're all great people. I'm sure they're fun at parties. I'm sure they're a blast. I'm just saying, speaking as somebody who covers this show and putting myself in the shoe of an average fan, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. Obviously, I'm well aware and know more about this show than the average fan who doesn't follow it and write about it and talk about it on a daily basis. The average fan, I just can't imagine, is so invested in what Will from Michelle's season is up to and if he's going to find love. 
just it's missing star power. And now I understand that's probably why they brought Hannah Brown back. But that was another thing that was just, okay. Hannah Brown is the most followed woman in the history of the Bachelor franchise. 2.7 million followers on Instagram. She's literally been with her boyfriend for over a year. She's freaking engaged, for Christ's sakes. I don't know if she, I can't remember if she was engaged by the time she filmed this in June or if it happened after. I think it happened after. But regardless, you know, trying to pull the wool over the audience's eyes for, I don't know, what, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, thinking that Hannah Brown was coming down there to date anybody. It's like, come on. Anybody who's any sort of a fan knows that the most followed woman in the history of the franchise has had a boyfriend for a year. Like, she wasn't going down there to date, but the show, you know, wanted to make people believe that she was. It's like, okay, whatever. What was the big thing at the end of the episode last night? Pretty much of the seven or the um, eight roses that were given out by the men, seven of them, we all knew who they were going to based on the relationships they had shown through the first two episodes. So the last rose comes down to Pilot Pete, a guy who got eliminated first night of charity season that nobody gives a shit about. I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm not shitting on him. But this show is about status, and it's a pecking order, and it's very high school clicky. And Pilot Pete is not part of that high school click. And he's choosing between Olivia, a first night eliminatee on Zach's season, and Brooklyn did pretty decent on Zach's season, Greer did decent on Zach's season, first impression rose. And Kat, who lasted two episodes on Zach's season. So it's like, this was your drama. This was your, ooh, who is he going to give the rose to at the end of the first night? And I'm just saying, I don't think the average fan cared. It's just not compelling right now. And I don't know what they're going to do to turn it up, but that's the way I see it. I also thought they were very uncreative with the intro videos this year. All these people that were on the show, was there one creative intro? Uh, you know, usually it has something to do with their character from when they were on the show. And when I watched all the intros on the video last night as Almost Paradise is playing, yeah, Aaron pops out of the water in a suit and Blake is in the has a safari hat on and binoculars and, and Cat has cat ears. But uh, in the past, I just remember them being way more witty. And way more creative. Most of these are just women turning around and smiling. You know, you got you got you got um, Jess, you know, blowing glitter out of her hands. Okay, I just it just seems like we've taken a step down this year on Paradise. And again, you know, the drama. Aaron Aaron S is uh, you know talking to Sam, and Pilot Pete is dancing in the background and Aaron S is pissed at him for that and for saying he might be immature. It's like, okay, great. The guy who lasted three episodes on charity season is fighting with a guy who got eliminated on the first episode of charity season. Who's fighting over a woman who didn't even make it to the first row ceremony on Zach season. <laughs> like, what? Okay. Why am I supposed to care about this? I don't know. I mean, I'm still going to watch it, but those are my thoughts. I just think it needs more star power. And unfortunately, the show's already filmed. 
And there isn't much star power coming afterwards, at least in terms of competing. It almost seems like the star power that's coming down to paradise are people that aren't entering themselves into the show. Katie's going to come down and have her first conversation since she broke up on FaceTime with Blake. Like, that's compelling. I'm interested in that. Mari and Kenny are coming down to the beach to get married, even though they're getting married in real life, I believe in October or this month or next month. So it's almost like, yeah, and Hannah Brown coming in to do a bonfire where people have to essentially play truth or dare, but there's no dares involved. It's just tell the truth. Okay. So it seems that's what I mean. Like all the seemingly good storylines are being brought in by other people who aren't even competing on the show. Yeah, and look, the ending of the show, you know the spoilers. Cat Izzo gets engaged to John Henry Spurlock. I guarantee you, if John Henry Spurlock walked up to the average fan who watches the show and punched them in the face, they wouldn't have a clue who the fuck he was. <laughs> John Henry lasted, I think, two or three episodes on Charity Season. And he wasn't involved in any storyline. Like, you can last two or three episodes, but you might have been like the early season villain or something. It's just like, oh, yeah, we remember him. I'm telling you, nobody remembers him. And I'm sure, again, sure he's a great guy. I'm sure him and Kat are madly in love, and they're so happy, and they're engaged. We've seen that Kat has moved to North Carolina since the show ended. That's clearly for uh, for him. I know he was in Virginia. I don't know if he moved to North Carolina with her or what. But they're together. They're engaged. I'm not insulting them. I'm just saying that's going to be one of your engagements at the end of this thing is John Henry Spurlock and Cat Izzo. It's like, okay. <sighs> anyway, let's talk a little bit about Big Brother last night. If you did not watch the episode, I'm going to talk about it, so I'm giving you a little bit of time to mute your podcast or even fast-forward through it. Um, Again, at least in the beginning of the episode, with showing Felicia blowing up, Felicia blowing up on Corey in America. You're just thinking, oh, my God, she just ruined her game. She knows she's gone. She wouldn't even, you know. I, I really think that they planted the seed. And then I mentioned to you yesterday that I came across one clip on TikTok that was five seconds long, and it was Sari walking into a bedroom saying, oh, my God, they're voting McColl out. So, And I didn't watch anything after that, and apparently – that ended up being the spoiler because clearly it was a unanimous vote. Mimi is gone from the house because they thought she was harder to beat and she could win challenges. She could win comps, either the HOH or the power of veto. Understandable. That makes sense. Uh, Felicia hasn't done well in anything, and now Felicia you know, is possibly like as Jag and Matt were saying, I think it was Jag said it mostly is like, look, we don't even have to target Corey if we keep Felicia because we know that she'll target him. So the blood is off our hands. So I, it was, it was smart, I guess, to eliminate Mimi, even though I don't think she was, even if somebody took her to the end, I don't think she would win. I don't think she has enough votes, uh, no matter who she was sitting against at the end. But, it was funny in the post-show interview with Julie, Julie finally asked the question the correct way. If I told you there were two people in the house this season that were related, what would you say? Not like 
a pre-existing relationship. No, she said, two people in the house are related. Who do you think it is? And Mimi said, Cameron and America. I want people who are doing interviews with Mimi today, like Taryn Armstrong or even Kat. And when, when you guys do your interviews, if you happen to be listening to this, when you guys do your interviews, ask Mimi where the hell she came up with Cameron and America. Like, is there something that people thought that, I mean, Cameron was flirting with America. <laughs> Maybe Mimi wasn't around for that, but that was kind of weird that she said she thought those two. And then when she even got told Sari was Jared's mother, it was like this stunned look on her face like, what? <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm stunned that people are stunned that it was Sari and Jared are related. Especially someone who's been in there 65 days, you know? I can understand other people early on because you just didn't know them well enough. She was been there, she's been in there for what, 65 days now, right? Something like that. 67. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe that. So kind of random. Um, Bowie Jane finally does something in this game. She wins HOH. The problem with that is I have no idea what Bowie's Bowie Jane's game is this season. None. I have no idea. I mean, I'm sure the diehards that have watched live feeds all season, you guys all probably know where she's gunning. Is she anti-Corey in America? Is she putting them up? Is she going after Cameron? I don't even know where, she, where her alliances are. It seems like she's just a floater. So I beats the hell out of me who Bowie Jane's putting up. I'm sure by the time you listen to this, you'll know. Or when, is, when do they put them up? Friday afternoon? Maybe it doesn't come on until later today uh, on the live feeds of who she put up, uh, who she nominated. But, um, yeah, I, I have no clue. Like You could give me any two people that Bowie Jane puts up and that, we'll, that we will see on Sunday play out, and I'll be like, oh, really? Oh, okay, makes sense. Because I have no idea where her alliances are. But just random that she won. And finally, remember how I brought up yesterday when I was talking about Twitter and X, and I was like, I thought I read something where you can't even include links in your tweets anymore. Well, what it is is I found the I found the tweet that I had come across the day before, and it said Twitter X has officially removed article headlines on links that you share to the platform, now just displaying the image and the website. So if I tweet something out and include a story from Us Weekly, and let's say the headline story is Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey get engaged. All you would see when I included the link would be the picture used in the article and usmagazine.com written on the picture, and that's it. So you wouldn't even, I'd have to explain in my writing what you're about to read. I'm just like, can Elon screw this app up anymore? What is he doing? God forbid we want to know what we're about to read on read before clicking on it. Like, don't you think people want to see the headline of what they're about to read? Because this is going to lead to people clicking on stuff that, oh gosh, here we go. And I guarantee his thing is, well, we don't want people clicking on, you know, clickbait leads and, and misinformation leads. No, wrong. You should just not have those stories being published, period. I, I don't, just another bad mistake by Twitter. But as we said, they have no rivals, so they're just dominating this space. Threads is dead. Nobody cares about Threads anymore, and no major news organization is only posting their info on Threads 
and not on Twitter. Maybe when it first started, they said, you know, uh, we're going to ditch Twitter and get this thing on threads. No, if they did, then they're not doing it anymore because threads is dead. But what are you doing? We can't even have the headline of a story in a tweet that you include a link to. I mean, just stupid. I, For the life of me, I can't understand that decision. I, I want to know what his actual decision-making is behind that. Like, what is the reason for that? I don't understand. Is it because of misleading headlines and misinformation? I, I Just a, an, another, another questionable move by Twitter slash X. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. Sports Daily is up in an hour from now. I have my picks for college and pro football for the weekend. I will let you know if I hear anything in regards to where Joey season is filming next, the next location. They're like, they left Malta on um, uh, yesterday, uh, and hopefully I'll find out where they are either today or tomorrow, and I'll put that out on social media. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you on Monday. See you!